On this episode of Documental, I'm speaking with Jake Nomada. Jake, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Alejandro. Excited to be here. Me too. So let's talk about travel hacks. What are some basic suggestions you have for the listeners? Uh, basic suggestions. Um, I mean, first thing I would say is really try to, you know, extend that vacation as long as possible if you're trying to save money and really immerse in a culture. If you only can go for three or five days, like you're not going to be able to save much money. That flight cost is going to be more expensive, all those type things. But if you can extend it, you know, to a couple of weeks, you know, kind of chunk your vacation together or even a month, you're going to be able to get a lot better deals. You're going to be able to, you know, take advantage of a little more hacks and kind of get to know a culture more, which I think is the whole point of visiting a new country or something. You know, if you're going to Argentina or Colombia and you go for like five days, you're going to spend like a full day on a flight. Argentina, you're going to spend a full day on a flight there, a full day on a flight back. Colombia, you're at least going to spend, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hours. But if you're able to spend two weeks, then that time investment is kind of negligible. Whereas, you know, three to five days, you're spending 20, 30% of your vacation, you know, in, in transit. So that's kind of my first thing I would definitely say is like extend that vacation if you're trying to see a new country and travel internationally kind of as long as you can. Uh, and then with that, the longer you can stay, the more money you can save and the more you can get to know the culture. Uh, so from like a hack perspective, first thing I would say is if you can stay a couple weeks, like get on Airbnb. Well, first thing, get on Google and find like the best neighborhood. Uh, so let, like, let's talk about Buenos Aires because you know that very well. <laughs> what would you say is like the couple best neighborhoods in Buenos Aires? I'd say probably Recoleta. Um, Palermo is pretty good too. Yeah, I say those two actually. Yeah, yeah, for Probably sure. So you got Recoleta, and then you got Palme—I can't say it. Palmetto, Palermo, 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 Soho, right. and Palermo Hollywood. Yeah, there you go. So those are like the best ones, I think. So then you would get on Airbnb. Well, you get on Google and make sure you know like exactly where those neighborhoods are, and then you could get on Airbnb and only search in those neighborhoods. Because one of my biggest travel tips, hacks, whatever, is if you're going somewhere and you're like a foreigner, a newbie, you don't know people, you don't know anything about the city really, you really want to stay in a walkable neighborhood. Like I think that's huge because you don't want to have to rent a car. You don't want to have to like take a taxi to go do things. You just want to be able to walk outside and start doing shit. Um, and plus I also think that's the best way to see a city is just walking around. Um, you know, I think you're from, you're in Washington DC right now. That's, Definitely. I mean, I haven't been there, but I'm sure that's the best way to see a lot of the monuments. Oh, a lot yeah. of the sites is to, is to walk, mm -hmm. you know, you, you find different areas, you find different things. So that's definitely my number one tip would find those best neighborhoods and then find an Airbnb in those neighborhoods that are walkable, that you have coffee shops, gyms, bars, clubs, restaurants, yoga studios, parks. Uh, you want to be able to just do a lot of shit like right, right out your front door. And then once you have that neighborhood selected, you go on Airbnb, always, 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 if you can afford it, uh, get your own place. <laughs> like, you know, hostels, unless you're like under 24, no hostels. Um, hotels fine if you're staying like three to five days. But if you're going to stay a week or more, uh, definitely try to get your own place. I would not recommend staying with like, like a private room with someone else because 
you just don't have the freedom, the privacy yeah. to, to do what you want to do. Um, and I don't, I mean, we all know what I mean there. Then once you kind of have that area and you're looking at entire places and you set your price range, you know, always make sure you have Wi-Fi listed. I always usually put like a washer. It's a huge pain in the ass when you're packing light and you don't have a washer in the apartment. So uh, basically you get on Airbnb, you start looking for those things, setting your filters. And if you're staying for more than a week, a lot of times you can negotiate that price uh, and you can usually get 20% off on one to two weeks and then maybe 30 to 40% off if you're staying three weeks to a month. And most people don't know that. They think Airbnb is kind of like a booking.com or like Holiday Inn or some shit like that. But like 80% of Airbnbs are just owned by like random people like you and me. And if they have like a month of vacancy and it's close to that month, they're willing to take cash. Like, you know, if, if they want $1,500 a month, that's like what Airbnb says. And you're booking it a week from, from arriving and there's a, they have a full month vacancy. They're going to, if you offer them like 1100 or a thousand or even 1200, whatever, like a lot of times they're going to just be like, yeah, like that's better than zero. So that's kind of uh, another hack. I would say that most people don't know is that Airbnb is a negotiation. It's not like, um, you know, you have a lot of wiggle room on pricing that. I'm surprised more people don't do that. Actually, if you have a, a property in a kind of a prime location, you can time it in a way that, you know, it's in the holidays or in some kind of big event where you can charge those premiums and of course people are going to pay because they're motivated. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. The flip side of that is, uh, yeah, like you said, if you own that property and you know, it's, it's Christmas, new year's carnival, whatever, <laughs> like, yeah, you can charge huge premiums. They do that. Like I've been looking at, uh, apartments in uh, Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. I can't say <laughs> that. And, in Rio in Brazil. And like, you know, a normal apartment in, Leblon or Empanema is like 35, 45, maybe 50 bucks a night. You know, you can get something nice for 12, 1300 a month normally in Rio. In Carnival, those like $40, $50 a night apartments, they're like 200 a night. Right, easily. So I was looking at it the other day, like every day in February in this apartment I wanted, it was like $52 a night. Then the six days for Carnival, it was like 225 a night. And so it went from being, you know, 1300 a month or something like that, or 1500 a month to like 2600. I was like, fuck this. Like, that's, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, Jake, you break a, a good point, actually. Like budgeting and negotiation, all this stuff is, is, is so important when you're traveling. It makes me think of like uh, travel cards where, you know, you rack up a lot of miles so you can pay for these trips because, you know, you have that, that stash you can use to your advantage. So you probably recommend that people get that kind of card if they expect to travel a lot. Oh yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're in the United States, you have an American passport and you're not like, you don't have a stack of credit cards. Uh, I don't know what you're doing because I mean, I think I've racked up like six, 700,000 points in the last 12 months. Whoa. Um, because I, I have eight credit cards. So I've got like eight fifty K bonuses and then a bunch of like, you know, like business expenses on my business card is three times points. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, that adds up super quick when you have monthly expenses of like three, 4,000, 5,000, depending on the month, I'm talking an extra 10 to 15 K points every month. So, yeah, I mean, in, in the United States, like we have the best, absolute best 
opportunity to rack up points. There's because you have Chase, but let me get this right: Chase, American Express, City, and Capital One. So you have four different programs, and I think don't quote me on this, but I think you can get four or five cards like in each program every two years. So like technically you could get up to like 16 to 20 different credit cards, like every two years. That's crazy. They've cut this down. Like there used to be more options. Um, They've really kind of like limited it. So it's harder, a little bit harder these days to, they're not coming out with like a new card every six months. Like I think they used to in the past. But there's still a lot of opportunity to get an extra two, three hundred thousand points every year just by canceling a card, getting a card. Of course, you have to have good credit. Yeah. But I mean, two two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand points. That's you know, that's two, three, four k in travel, depending on how you use it. For sure. Yeah. That whole concept of leveraging credit is a huge business opportunity for people that are listening. If you want to create an online course or a book, so people can understand how to use credit to their advantage. Miles is just one example. Definitely dive oh. into that rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. No, that's an interesting thing to think about. And actually, if you even want to dive deeper in that rabbit hole, there's like points brokers. Mm-hmm. So there's like people that will buy points because obviously there's like a lot of people with credit cards that never use the points. And so they sell them to these brokers for pennies on the dollar. And then these brokers will sell those points to you or will book flights for you at discounts. Mm-hmm. So like I, I have a couple friends. Um, that do Asia to the United States business class a lot. And they have a couple brokers on speed dial. They just get quotes from and generally like a Bangkok to LA or Bangkok to Seattle, like um, business class ticket might be like three K, but these brokers are, are usually can like manipulate the points and get them for like 1800 to 2200. Oh my God. Um, so I mean like there's a, the point, the whole point stuff is really interesting. Actually yeah. some of the best, like, niche sites that turn into authority sites are for credit card hacking there's a there's huge money in like referring people to uh to different credit cards and things like that yeah actually that's that's another point like the whole idea of referrals for business is huge there's so many ways to leverage that the, the whole credit discussion could be a podcast on its own right oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, i'm just thinking of in terms of travel being a broker it can also apply i guess to airbnb say you have a contact in bogota and he has a really nice apartment and an extra room. You could work out a deal where you do the marketing and you split the cost where, I mean, the, the, the invoice where you get some money and he just hosts the person in the city. Oh, yeah. That's actually becoming a big business. I know there's multiple businesses in Colombia that basically people are like, hey, I don't live in Colombia, but I own two apartments here. Can you like check in my host, like make sure the maid shows up and doesn't steal anything, like do all mm-hmm. these things. Uh, and that's a, that's a pretty big business logistically it's a huge pain in the ass oh i would imagine uh yeah they usually charge like 15 percent. but i mean if you have somebody running your rental rental property doing that 15 percent, it's like completely hands off they like manage the listings they manage the check-ins they manage everything um so it's it's usually mutually beneficial if you're not living in the same city that you own apartments in Hmm. Okay, this is some really good practical tips for listeners. I hope somebody takes advantage of this, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've actually seen people do that business model in Medellin, Colombia, Bogota, Colombia, Cartagena, Cali, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. 
those are like the four or five that I know off the top of my head of like people running successful. Um, I don't even know what you want to call it, like apartment management companies. Right. And it makes me think um, with all these programs being online and you just not being physically in that country, it opens a lot of opportunity for the local economy too. You're helping them increase their standard of living by starting a business together, a joint venture. So I mean, it's really to everybody's benefit. Oh yeah. And I think the best, the best example of that would be like Medellin, Colombia. Mm. Like 20 years ago, Medellin, Colombia was, I think the most dangerous city in the world or definitely top five. And you go there now and that place is modern. I mean, they've just built a new tunnel through to the airport, chopped off like 35 minutes of travel time from Poblado to the airport. The metro system is one of the best in Latin America. Wow. And I mean, even like the, the non, I guess the, not the main neighborhood, which would be Poblado, but like Loreles, Envigado, Sabaneta, like all of those neighborhoods are super safe, very developed. You know, they have nice malls, they have bars, they have restaurants. And you just don't get that third world vibe when you're in Medellin. It feels very developed, very modern. Um, I don't know. It's really impressive, to be honest, because I think that's the the first city I went to um, where I went there in 2015 twice and it was okay. But then I went back there this year and it just had skyrocketed. Like hmm. the, the quality of life there is insanely high. And I really think that is because there's so many foreigners coming there and the locals just really took it upon themselves to like, you know, improve the city, keep the money coming in, things like that. So there definitely does improve the local economy if you hit that, I don't know what you want to call it, the gringo trail, if you <laughs> do things right. But, but like on the flip side, Cartagena still is like not that great, even though it gets insane amounts of tourists every year. Right. So I guess it can go both ways. All this travel and all, this, all these experiences probably make you a very interesting person as well, Jake, because you're conversing with different cultures and, and, and gathering so many different facts and learning about the history of places. So it makes you uh, more well-rounded, I guess. No, definitely. And I think that's like, I mean, you travel for experiences, you travel to see new places, but it definitely kind of opens your mind a little bit and changes how you view things. Uh, it, it's really odd. Sometimes you your biases or your stereotypes are challenged and other times they're reinforced. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. So it can go both ways. Um, it does. It really depends on the culture and your experiences. But what I've found is that like no two trips will ever be the same and your experiences will never like mimic each other when you're in a new city. Mm. So for example, like one time you might think, oh, it's okay here. Like I've had fun, but eh. And then the next time I'd be like, this place is fucking awesome. Like, I don't want to leave. Right. So it's very rare that you find a city where you have an amazing experience, like every time, mm -hmm. you know, because there's, there's so many things that go into making your trip like great or not great. There's so many variables, you know? Right. right. Different locations, different people, different events, different seasons. Yeah. I mean, like you, one trip, you could meet like a really cool girl, make some really cool friends, like do some, have some cool experiences. And then the next trip, like you could get robbed and, you know, things just go downhill and you're just like, eh, okay, maybe I don't like it here. <laughs> well, that's the benefit of having somebody you like you, because you have travel hacks, you have experience and you can help people avoid the bad and double down on the good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, a lot of times you can double down on the good just by staying in a city longer. 
Hmm. You know, when you have one week, in, excuse me, in a city, there's no guarantees you're going to enjoy it. I mean, you might take a cool Instagram photo. You might do this. You might do that. But like a lot of times your first week in a city, if you're just on vacation, you're drinking a lot, you're going to be hungover. You know, you don't really know like the good places to go. You might, you know, read a guidebook or read a blog or ask a friend, but you don't really know like what experiences you're going to enjoy and which ones you won't and which places are like tourist traps and which places are really like unique and, and a must visit. So, you know, there's just a lot of variables when you're talking about that, but overall if you haven't hit the road like you got to do it like you got to get your one two three weeks whatever a month of vacation and, and find somewhere that is interesting to you not like to what other people are reading what they think things like that right right no i agree um so jake to close the interview do you want to give the listeners an idea of any projects you're involved on yeah i uh I mean, I used to have like, I think six, seven niche sites. I've sold almost a handful of them the past about month or so, kind of finishing those sales up now. I'm focusing on a couple niche sites right now in my personal brand. So that's really all I'm doing uh, for money, just doubling down on what's working the best, I guess. And um, with that, I would just say, I don't even know what I would say. Just fucking make it happen. <laughs> Like I do on social media. <laughs> yeah, like once, once, uh, once something starts bringing money in, like figure out how to make it bring more money in. That's yeah, that's the main right. thing. Like double down on what's working and and cut what's not. So that's I guess another tip I would say. But I'm on social media at Jake Nomada. Yeah, Twitter Jake Nomada, Nomada Hustler. Instagram Jake Nomada. Uh, my website's Nomada Hustle. So that's, that's kind of where you can find me if you're trying to travel, uh, want to talk shop, make money online, shit like that. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much. Hey, I appreciate it, Howard. Good interview. All right. Take care.